Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Donald Trump has nearly two months more to go in his presidency, but he's done. He is not even trying to pretend like he cares. He's not doing any of the jobs that one would expect the president to do. And multiple media agencies that monitor not just his schedule, but his activities have said that it appears he has all but quit on the job. And he has quit on the job at a time as much as any of us loathe him. He has quit at a time when we really cannot afford for anybody to be asleep at the wheel Yesterday, nearly 1,900 people died in this country from the coronavirus, the deadliest day since May. And the president is just tweeting conspiracy theories 24-7. Let me unpack and explain it, tell you what's next. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. I truly don't think that Donald Trump ever actually wanted to be president of the United States. I think he wanted to win the position. He wanted to win the race. I think that more than anything, he wanted to smear Obama. I think he wanted to defeat Hillary Clinton. I think he wanted to defeat Joe Biden and say he did that. But he has never seemed up for the job up for the work that it requires. Of course, he's full of bluster and lies and bravado, saying that no one has ever done a better job than he has done, which is even really just too ignorant to respond to with any any substantive critique. It's a hell of a job. Like, I just want to lay that out there. Being president in 2020... Being president in 2021 for Joe Biden, for Kamala Harris, is not an easy job at all. The pandemic is fully out of control now. And that has everything to do with the president of the United States. Of course it does. But the United States is also a deeply complicated country with 50 very different states with a political divide that's as serious and and a, a, a deep a canyon between parties and people groups as we've ever had. And 
I don't think that even if you took away the pandemic, if you took away all of it, I don't think that 2020 is an easy time for anybody, Republican or Democrat, Trump or, or otherwise, to be president. I don't think it's an easy time for anybody to be president anywhere, anywhere around the world. My problem continues to be that he has never shown a serious dedication to the actual work of the position. It's been more about him being kind of a bully that uses the position as a way to just amplify his cultural ideas in the world, not to advance serious, credible policies on the the economy, on the environment, on on jobs, on policing, on mass incarceration, on the pandemic, on whatever it is. And these two months after you lose, after an incumbent loses, or even just the final few months of someone's term in the White House, even Obama's final two months, even though he didn't lose, but after the elections were over, and Hillary Clinton lost and Donald Trump won, Obama had these final two months. They are actually, you know, people often call them like a lame duck months. They're actually very, very serious. And there are two primary roles, two primary tasks that are supposed to happen in these final two months. First and foremost, the primary responsibility of the president in the final two months of their presidency and the way it is formed, the reason why we have elections in early November but don't have the transition until January 20th is supposed to be for this peaceful, super professional transition of power. So we don't have it to where if you lose on November the 6th that you're no longer president on the 7th and someone else just comes right in and takes office. Like, we don't have it that way. We don't even have it where you lose on November the 6th. On December the 6th, you're no longer president. On January the 6th, you're no longer president. We take all the way to January 20th. And the number one job of the outgoing administration is this peaceful, thorough, super professional, very complex transition of power to the new incoming administration. And whatever we want to say about Barack Obama and Joe Biden as president and vice president, at this point in the calendar, four years ago, Mike Pence and Donald Trump already went to the White House, were already welcomed there, for lack of better words, and the transition was already underway. They were already given security clearances, which was unthinkable that these horrible men would now have, you know, the, the highest level of intel anyone could have in the government and would begin getting the, you know, super classified daily security briefings. And and so on that part of his presidency, Donald Trump is an outgoing president. Like, let's be clear. Yesterday, every other media organization finally called Arizona. Arizona, the margin of victory now is out, outside of their standard of a recount. And so no matter any way you look at it, 
even if Donald Trump now somehow, which is not going to happen, I, I talked about this at great length yesterday, he can't flip Georgia, he can't flip Pennsylvania. Even if he did, it doesn't matter. Arizona is, is now outside of that window and it can't be flipped. Joe Biden cannot be brought down under 270. Every credible media organization in the country has now called this race, including conservative ones. It is over. And Donald Trump's primary job in these final two months is to make a peaceful transition of power, and he's refusing to do that. Consequently, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't have the information and access and resources that they need. It's despicable. In fact, in a report on 9-11, September 11th of 2001, it was said that it took the transition so long for George Bush to take power because of the contested election in Florida that it destabilized his early presidency. It wasn't to blame 9-11 on that destabilization, but there was not enough time to thoroughly transfer the information over the way that it should have been. And the 9-11 Commission said it was a contributing factor in the, the lack of information spread among agencies, among administrations. And I'm not a fear monger, but here we are. And Trump won't concede. I've already said he's mainly not conceding because it's a money grab for him and for the Republicans. But he's abdicating that duty. Secondarily, when you are president, you are president in a particular year and time. You, if you are president in 1865, you're president during the Civil War. And being president during the Civil War is not the same as being president in 1957. The, the times are very different. And you, you, there are some things that are similar from presidency to presidency, but you are also president at a very specific time. And Donald Trump is president during the deadliest pandemic in modern American history, the deadliest pandemic in 100 years. Now, 250,000 people have died. Experts are now saying that they believe nearly 100,000 more people could die over the next two months. Yesterday was the deadliest day of the pandemic since May. And we are crossing the period where it may rival the deadliest days ever. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Hospitals in South Dakota are so overwhelmed that public health experts have granted nurses who have the coronavirus to continue being nurses as long as they're asymptomatic. And public health experts around the country are saying, hold on, hold on. You can't have nurses with the coronavirus. They will infect patients. That's how bad it is in South Dakota right now. And it's this bad all over the country. In El Paso, Texas, they've already said they literally have no more ICU beds and they're life-flighting people to hospitals all over Texas. And it's getting worse and worse and worse by the day. As we get numbers for today and tomorrow, people are saying it's only, it's only, we're only a few hours away from crossing 2,000 people dying a day. And he's doing nothing. 
he is not, according to experts who've said so publicly, he's not even attending any of the briefings about the coronavirus. He's no longer even speaking about it publicly as if it even exists. And all he's doing 24-7 is literally tweeting Fox News videos and conspiracy theories about the election. He has abandoned his post. He has completely abandoned his responsibilities. For all intents and purposes, while he has been a horrible president for four straight years, I don't know that he's ever been as bad as he is today at this moment where he has basically bailed out. Like, it, it, is, it is the equivalent of falling asleep at the wheel except the wheel is the country and the country is in a deadly contagious pandemic and he's bailed. I sincerely wish that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris could just take over today. And again, I say this as someone who has been critical of both of them. I believe concerning the pandemic that they will never fall asleep at the wheel that we'll have critiques of their decisions, of their policies. I have some critiques already. In Joe Biden's uh, uh, coronavirus team, he did not include a single nurse. And the national nurses unions are like, hold on. We are the primary people on the front line. Why is there not a single representative from our profession in your coronavirus plan, in your team? So, yeah, we can still have critiques, but I believe Joe Biden's worst day in the pandemic will be better than Donald Trump's best day with the pandemic. But he has bailed and earnestly, sincerely appears to have quit. And that makes perfect sense. Even his own children have said to the press over the past few days, that he's a bad loser, a sore loser. I literally think, like a child, that he is just sulking. And because he doesn't have people who literally speak truth to him, including Republicans in the Senate and House and in his own administration, who only puff him up with lies, I think he still thinks, ignorantly, that there's some way for him to turn this thing around. Whatever it is, he has given up on the job. And it's one of the most disgusting moments I think I've ever seen from an American president. I mean, there are many. There's a long list. But seeing someone completely bail out, quit, and instead just have Twitter fingers, it's like, oh, okay. You're not even pretending at this point to care about the country, to care about your opportunity to lead in the final two months, you'll have this power. And let's be clear, he'll never have this power again. He can talk about how he's running in 2024, whatever. Go for it. He'll never have this power again. Listen, everybody, I... I want you to be as 
careful as humanly possible. I am disgusted and even discouraged that this pandemic is back almost to its worst point again. While it's bad in some other countries right now, like when I have to put bad in air quotes, because their bad days literally rival our best days. I mean that seriously, mathematically. And um, we're not just the laughingstock of the world. The world is afraid. Yesterday, we learned that Doctors Without Borders, which typically sends doctors into developing countries that have experienced natural disasters, Doctors Without Borders is now sending doctors into the United States. No joke. That's where we are right now. Our country is a disaster. And for all intents and purposes, it functions like a developing country. It is a country in in chaos and in crisis. Be careful. Love and appreciate all of you. Have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Brandon Janice, and this season on Sick Empire, I'm on a mission to highlight the voices that are helping to heal Black traumas. You'll hear as I speak with experts in alternative medicine. But the gathering in in the greatest degrees of personal integrity would have the greatest degrees of power. A timeless, natural method of healing. This is ancient. This is a return to us being in our power and that knowing that we are, we're medicine women. Plant magic. Using medicine that comes from the land, <laughs> you know? A lot of these medications are, are the main ingredient is our plants that come from the land. Black economics, prison abolition, and more. Join me as I explore the avenues that lead to greater health while surviving under a sick empire. Every episode of Sick Empire examines the healing journey of Black Americans. We speak to inner-city therapists, Black intellectuals, Reiki masters, chefs turned activists, and much more. You'll hear a diverse mix of healing experiences, all told from the lens of Black folks. Sick Empire is still a love language, just like the streets of New York City. The first episode will be live everywhere you listen to podcasts on Monday, November 9th. The first episode is live November 2nd for members of the North Star. You can go to thenorthstar.com to become a member today. Sick Empire Sick Empire